Once a year we throw a party here in town. Once a year we turn our pants upside down. Ah! Hiya! Hiya! Thank you, thank you, and thank you! <laughs> Did you remember to turn off those robots? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time to clap your paws, stomp your hooves, and ruffle your feathers. W-W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 658, and together we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, and more here on the podcast, my weekly live video, community books, audio tours, blog, and more. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and find everything else at www.radio.com. So this week, we're going to look at our top 10 boat rides in Walt Disney World, including some that you might not think of expect, remember, or even know about. I'll then have our Disney trivia question of the week and more updates at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Attention, motorboat skippers, you're now approaching the unloading zone. For your safety and the safety of the passengers, please slow down and allow the boat to idle slowly to the unloading dock. Thank you. What makes a great Disney attraction? Is it the perfect, proportional marriage of story, imagery, technology, and the multitude of unquantifiable elements that make us smile, cry, and cheer in awe? I don't know. I think it's very subjective, And that is a beautiful thing. And I think we all love different attractions and types of attractions for different reasons. And one of my personal favorite ways to experience attractions is on, through, and sometimes under water. But that's another story for another day. Because I think there's something about being in a boat that is often relaxing, sometimes thrilling, and always fun. So this week, we're going to look at our top 10 boat rides in Walt Disney World. And joining me is a man who awkwardly can't get on a boat without running towards the bow, screaming, I'm king of the world. He is little Timmy Foster from Celebrations Magazine. I I literally just did that on my trip down there. Everybody looked at me. I wasn't even there. And I know you well enough to know I try and avoid boats with Tim Foster. Now, I got yelled at because I did it on It's a Small World. But <laughs> can you do? Well, look. When you're feeling it, you feel it. When you're, that's right. And you're probably never going to see 99.7% of those people ever again. So it's not that big of a deal. Nah. nah. But, you know, I was thinking about this. I mean, and Disney attractions take so many different forms. There's walkthroughs, omnimovers, cars, swings, trains, and everything in between. But for me... There's something about being on a boat that just adds this wonderful additional element, which I think can enhance the attraction itself by either making it more relaxing or more thrilling, or as in your case, in any every attraction you go on, a little more wet. Mm. 
a little more. You know what a fun thing would be to name an attraction that would not be enhanced by making it being aboard a boat. Soren. Mm. <laughs> All right. <I'll> give you. <laughs> but how how cool would it be to get wet on Soren though? You should when you're flying through the wake. Well, you Whole get a little stuff. mist. You get a little mist here, here and there. Um, and you yeah. know. I'm I'm going to be very curious to hear where you go, and I'm going to not spoil it for you because I think when people when we say boat rides, I think people's minds probably go to one of, if not all of, the big three, and I won't sort of mention what the big three are, but they sort of instantly come to mind. So I know for me in my list, I went a little off the rails, as many boats in Walt Disney World actually are. But you are my guest, you are my friend, and you are always, I'm always intrigued to see where your mind goes when we talk about topics like this. So favor us with your first of your top 10 favorite boat rides in Walt Disney World. Well, once again, as you lay out some rules that I was not privy to when you sent me the list. All I said was, and to... Full disclosure. All I said is yeah. top ten boat rides. There was that's no literally right. that's literally all you said. So I took that to mean rides on a boat, which could be anywhere. And you also said nothing about water. So with my first one, I stuck to an attraction, but I threw the water element out of it, and I went to Peter Pan's. I flight. knew it. I yes, I stole that from you. <laughs> I knew you were going to take that one. I had it on my list and I took it off because I'm like, you know what, Lou, that's a tool move like Peter Pan's flight because your thing is shaped like a boat. But I'm not saying you're a tool for putting it on there. Uh, no, that's exactly off. what you just said. <laughs> I, I got I, got I didn't mean to insult there. you, but I took it off mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to try and be as literal in my definition of, <laughs> of having some association to water. But I love it because, you know, of my uh, affinity for Peter Pan and his flight. I know. I mean, not only on you are you on a boat, which is cool enough, but yeah, I maintain it, it being one of the oldest attractions at Walt Disney World. I still think it's one of the coolest ride vehicles in all of Walt Disney World because, you know, you're flying, you're flying, you're literally flying and not, there's no other attraction that behaves quite like that. And to me, no matter how many times I do it, I mean, I'm enchanted by looking everything, the little cars in London looking down that volcano, all of that stuff, but just the the sheer magic and novelty of literally flying through the air on the boat just gets me every time. The only complaint I have about that attraction is I want it to be three times as long. That's all. So. <laughs> I love it. I, I agree with it. Obviously, I just tried to be a little bit more literal with my Literal, list. I know. Stick it to the rules. Right. So I think... For you listening, if I was to say quickly run through and list your top 10, your top five boat rides in Walt Disney World, the first one on my list might actually come in last on your list. But I have a love and affinity for the Liberty Square Riverboat. Mm -hmm. It is not high tech. It has not changed very much save for some changes to some of the vignettes, Burning Cabin, How I Miss You So. Although, do you remember, quick aside, do you remember way back when in the Burning Cabin scene, 
there used to be a dead settler laying outside the cabin with an arrow through his chest. And he was later removed and the story changed that it wasn't an, an attack, but a moonshine cabin that had exploded, which is why it was on fire before the fire was eventually turned off. No, ew. Yeah, there was. There Thanks, was. Disney. <laughs> but I love this 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 idea of this simple, you know, stern paddle wheel steamer that allows you to step back in time on this wonderful, slow-moving, scenic cruise on the rivers of America. I love the fact that it is not a ride vehicle that is disguised as a you know steam-powered paddle wheel, or, but it really is. Although it does sort of operate on a track, everything else on and in that ship is authentic. And this slow-moving 17-minute voyage lets you go through not just so many of the different scenes that are being told, you know, by Horace Bixby but uh, and, and, and Samuel Clemens, but you see unique views of the Haunted Mansion, of Splash Mountain, of Big Thunder Mountain, and they're woven into the story. So I think you get this wonderful blend of American history and music and adventure and just the kinetic element that it adds to it um, of being able to see these attractions and the lands from these unique points of views. So Liberty Square Riverboat, I, I actually give a lot of love to. Oh, I love that. I think it's, oh, I don't think I know. It's one of the most one of those overlooked attractions that I talk about all the time, even I overlook it when I'm, you know, racing to pirates to space mountain and everyone in between. Um, but it is great. It's great for photographers, professional photographers, amateur photographers, those views you mentioned of the haunted mansion and thunder mountain, unbelievable. And you get some great, some great photos, the photos that you take home and people say, where were you standing when you took that photo? And, you can tell them, you know, that boat you never go on. That's where you were. So, yeah, a lot and of fun. Lot it's of, also I think a lot of people do overlook the the riverboat. I think because it's not connected to an IP, it's slow moving. It doesn't there. But I think I think you miss out on so like what other attraction can you stand up, sit down, get, you know, walk around, have the different decks on. It is unique among all attractions anywhere in in any of the parks yeah and it's one of those great ones is when you round the bends you one of those attractions where you really feel like you're so far away from everything you know and you're off in your own little world so, so where does that cool. take you next it takes me to let's see let's see i'm gonna go all right this is a two for here so over in Epcot, my friends, we're going to go to Norway. Um, I had Frozen Ever After, but more to the point, Maelstrom, because I loved I, I loved Maelstrom. I love Frozen Ever After. Um, and I, I think the boat's essentially the same as it always was. But the notion of Maelstrom that you were getting on a Viking ship and riding up and you see the the eye of Odin in the distance um, and you saw this Viking ship or a, a, a another famous Viking ship in the um, Norway film, which I always 
Loved that film. And I never understood why people would walk through the theater. It was a great movie. But the just the uh, the way they designed that boat and I, I remember how much it would rock every time you would go out of the queue and you go up that hill. So very cool. And again, it's with Frozen Ever After Now, which I adore. But um, in my heart, it's always Maelstrom too. That Viking ship and that eyeball just staring at me. And the trolls, the trolls. You mean the actual trolls, not the internet trolls, which are two very distinct. <clears throat> two very things. different things. Very internet right. trolls are mean. Maelstrom trolls and frozen trolls. They're, so they're, they're happy. They're nice. They're nice. <laughs> the Maelstrom trolls are nicer than the internet trolls, which is. is That's right. Yeah. That's right. So I actually did not have Maelstrom on my list um, because I did try to keep my list to somewhat 10 ish. And it, as much as I enjoy the attraction and, and have fond memories, my dad loved it. I've told the story a million times. My dad loved the attraction. I loved ending off the and, and disembarking the boat in that quaint little Norwegian fishing village, which was one of my favorite yeah. parts. And I loved the ability. And again, what was unique about that and now in Frozen is that when your boat turns and goes backwards and sort of hangs back over the falls before changing tracks and going down the other side. But for the next one on my list, I'm sort of all over the place because I'm saving, I'm sort of saving the big three, I think just for what will be a conversation between the two of us, because I have to imagine that they are on your list, but I'll, you know what? I'll I'll stay, I'll stay sort of in the same vein and I'm going to, you know what? I take that back. I'm going to go with a little Tim Foster go with me here because I want to give right. you permission to just go wild and and do what you do best. <laughs> okay. The rafts to Tom Sawyer Island. Nice. I almost put that down, but I it's did. it's it's not the attraction per se. It's more of a conveyance, but I almost look at it as a little pre-show to the adventure that awaits you there when you when you get to the island. And it is, once again, a unique conveyance because of what the rafts are. And I won't go sort of into, you know, too much about sort of these gas-powered rafts. You don't sit on them. They are not an attraction per se, but they are because of the unique views that you get on the rivers of America. You're literally like as close to the water as you possibly can be. And you get these magnificent views of not just the island, but Frontierland and Liberty Square and the Liberty Square riverboat as well. And I think the fact that it takes you a little extra effort to get to Tom Sawyer Island via the raft is worth the payoff that you get, which I think like the Liberty Square riverboat itself, I think a lot of people don't necessarily do. They're like, oh, there's a line and then there's a boat. I got to go. I got to walk. I, I actually think it's something that is, it's a, it's super cool for a number of reasons, including and especially because, again, if you're a photographer too, some of the the wonderfully unique views that you'll get from the rafts. Yeah, that's another, <clears throat> yeah, like you said, it's another one of those overlooked attractions because there's, I mean, what do you do? You wander around. There's nothing to do over there. But of course, there's a lot to do over there. Right. You know that. But but I think probably a lot of people see it that way. But and, and like I said, that's not the attraction per se. It's just the way to get there. But what a cool way to get there. And once they reopen, and I think they will, once they reopen 
Aunt Polly's Dockside Inn. Oh, yeah. And hopefully one day have food there again, not just, you know, waters and sodas from a vending machine, but actually open up the kitchen that was there. Um, and you've got that wonderful little um, uh, lattice-covered dock where you can watch the world and the boats go by. I think there's, I agree with you. I think there's a lot to do on Tom Sawyer Island. Now, when you, when you said boat rides, I think that's literally what you said. Correct. I took that to mean rides on boats. Okay. Which means not just attractions. Correct. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure you're not going to, screen when i go this oh way. no i'm i'm with you i'm going uh, okay I'm going okay way off. yeah all right well one of my favorite ways to get around the parks uh besides the monorail of course is the launch boats we've talked about the launch boats so many times and i guess the trick is which one is my favorite if i had to pick one and it's on hiatus right now but the the boat that goes Contemporary Fort Wilderness and the Wilderness Lodge, um, sometimes around Discovery Island out in the middle of Bay Lake. Um, <clears throat> that is my favorite boat launch of all. You're so far away from everything when that happens. At night, it's amazing. It's so tranquil. Except when it gets stormy, then it's really, really frightening. But, you know, <laughs> you get to see the Wilderness Lodge uh, looking like a, a giant bear. At night. I still don't quite see it, but people say it's there. So <laughs> what can I tell you? Um, <clears throat> but there's so many launch boats to pick from. I would have to say that one's my favorite. I can't wait for it to come back. Like I said, it's not running right now, but um, so much fun. And I guess that poses the question, like, what would be your favorite launch boat ride of all of those similar types of conveyances? So one i'm happy yet disappointed that you had these on your list because i wanted you to go you said boat rides i thought you only meant attractions but see i know i know you in rules so listen after after gosh let's see uh 16 years of doing this you're finally starting to get me our relationship is really i'm getting it i'm getting it so i had this (laughs) broken up into two separate things and we'll sort of make it a, a, a combined discussion because I had ferry boats and water taxis, mm-hmm. sort of the water ferries, broken up separately because the water taxis have multiple routes that run between Magic Kingdom and resorts on, on Seven Seas Lagoon and, and Bay Lake. And then there's also the water taxis that take you to Epcot and Hollywood Studios mm-hmm. and Disney Springs and... Like a lot of these, these are more than just a way to get from point A to point B. And the different taxi routes, I think, have different appeals, right? So there's the – and each of them is is marked by a different colored flag. So, for example, the blue flag will take you to Wilderness Lodge, Fort Wilderness, and the Contemporary. The gold will take you between Magic Kingdom and the Grand Floridian and Polynesian the red will take you in, and this is one of my favorites, is between Wilderness Lodge to Magic Kingdom. Uh, mm-hmm. I love everything about it. I love the route. I love how long it takes. I love that it's usually not very crowded. I love the dock. Like, it's ridiculous. I love the dock 
and the walkway through the cypress trees going back to well, you get this sort of reveal moment as you walk past the geyser of Wilderness Lodge proper. Like, I think it's just gorgeous. And it's such a great way to either start or punctuate the end of your night. And then the green flag will take you in between Fort Wilderness and Magic Kingdom. So if you're going to Hoopty Doo, like, mm-hmm. go to Magic Kingdom, then take the watercraft, take the green flag taxi over to Hoopty Doo, and then you can take it back again. It's so nice, and I like it so much better in terms of a, a transportation like conveyance than taking, especially than taking something like the bus. And I'll, I'll tie that into something else that was very high on my list were the ferry boats. Like I love, love, love the monorail. Maybe not so much when it's like the middle of August and super hot and super crowded. Right. But certain times a year, more importantly, certain times a day. The ferry is so nice and so special. And specifically like the Magic Kingdom ferry. I love I love everything about it. Like I love the I even love the names of the ferries, right? The Richard F. Irvine, the Admiral Joe Fowler, the Captain Joe Fodder Potter. I love the fact that you can walk around. If you prefer to be on the top deck, or like me, I like being on the lower deck and walking up to the front, not just because I like the views and the wind in my face and getting off really quickly when I get to Magic Kingdom. (laughs) But you get such gorgeous views of the contemporary and uh, Cinderella Castle off in the distance and even some of the smaller little islands in the the Seven Seas Lagoon. You hit that at the golden hour, at sunset, or if you time it just right when the electrical water pageant is going by, it is such a wonderful, beautiful way and even though there's other people on there there are sometimes you can just stand up against that rail and feel like you are the only person on that ferry boat it's funny i had a friend of mine went to disney over the summer i guess and he hasn't been, he hadn't been there a whole lot so he was calling me for you know tips like where do i go what do i stand and he had arrived at the magic kingdom parking lot they drove and i guess they were they weren't up to speed on all right well we're here well, it's over there. What do we do? So he's texting me. What do I do? I said, well, you can go to the monorail or, or you can go to the ferry. And his next question was, how much is the ferry? <laughs> and for once, for once, it was nice to say, oh, that ferry's free. It doesn't cost you anything. I mean, it's one of the few times I could tell him it didn't cost him anything, but <laughs> that was pretty fun. And I, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't say, and if, if you're ever looking for a day either outside the park or something else to do. I think one of, and I have to lump this in here because we're talking about sort of these ferry conveyances, the Sasagula River ferry boat that Uh. runs between Disney Spring and French Quarter and Riverside and Saratoga is beautiful. It is such a wonderful, relaxing, and depending on what route or if you go round trip, it is almost an attraction to me that goes and again there's multiple there's different flag routes you know between french quarter and disney springs riverside saratoga the tree you could you want to go to, to disney uh sorry the the, the tree houses you could do that too and there's different docks there's the, the marketplace in disney springs and there's the landing in disney springs so different routes different flags will take you to and from different places but it's a really nice sort of very slow moving 
very casual and accessible attraction. Yeah, I had that on my list because we stay at um, Old Key West every once in a while. And you can take it from there to Disney Springs. And it, yeah, that's, and it's so much different than even the other launches because you're, you're just so far away from everything. It's more of a, I guess, a pontoon boat than a, you know, than a big boat, you know? So it's, it's got a, it's, it's really unique. It's really different from the other launches and it's definitely worth a ride. Even, even just to ride it, whether you're planning on, I know you're going to, not like this. Even if you don't get off at Disney Springs and have lunch, you just come back. I know that pains you for me Who to say. Who doesn't do that? Who does not? I, go to if you, well, maybe you had a big first breakfast. or second love. Maybe you have a well. You're right. Who am I talking to? Who am I talking? Know your audience, Tim. Know your audience. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> so what is next? Since Where I sort at? of jumped on that with you, what is next on? All your right, list? you only took seventeen off my list here. I'm going to go way out. I'm going to go way out of the ballpark here because where this is leading to is, I think, one of the big ones on your list. So this is a way back machine one and one that I miss. It's a little unusual because it's not one you necessarily ride. Well, you don't ride it yourself, but you're still in charge. And that would be the boats at Shrunken Ned's. Junior Jungle Boats. Oh, I love it. Outside the Jungle Look cruise. at you. You can pilot your own boat, tell your own jokes, get into your own brand of uh, trouble in the volcanoes. And uh, But uh, we always loved doing that. That was just one of those fun little diversions. It, it wasn't on the map. It wasn't really in the guidebooks. It was just there. Um, and it was just so much fun, especially with, with the kids and the kids are piloting you're piloting you're running into each other just so much fun to do and i miss them i guess i could put up with the big boats but i miss the little ones so so i will see your shrunken ned mm. way back machine and i will tie in directly and i'll raise you the plaza swan boats oh, which yes. you i'm yeah. sure you recall fondly Back on show 561, we touched on with our top 10 things that we miss in Walt Disney World. And it it ties directly in because the Plaza Swan Boats actually plied the waterways that would eventually be occupied by your your, your Shrunken Ned's Junior Jungle Boats. So if you're like, what's a swan boat and what are you talking about? Very quickly, these... Oh, so very graceful, which is exactly what they were. Boats operated only seasonally from like spring of 1973 through August of 1983, only a little bit less, a little bit more than a decade in the canal that surrounded Cinderella Castle and actually went through parts of Adventureland. And it was a 17 or so minute ride that was originally only guided by female cast members. They had these like white and blue sailor uniforms. In later years, there were male cast members that were white and blue. They had this like white little sailor cap on. And if you had somebody who was wearing red and white, it was actually a lead. And the boat would depart from the original dock was, and you might not know this, the original dock is located where the seating area across from the plaza restaurant is 
So where those little tables are was the original dock. There was a second dock that was located just to the right. If, if you're facing Cinderella Castle, off to the right, where at one point the Plaza Rose Garden was, and there used to be, if you walk through the, remember and walk through the Plaza Rose Garden, as you got down to Waterside, there was this uh, covered seating area that sort of had that same uh, patinaed metal lattice covered roof that that looks like it ties very much into that section of Main Street uh, USA. But there were these 12, 26 or so passenger boats in the fleet um, that would occasionally, you know, ply these waterways and would go. You could sort of follow the path really from, you know, Main Street USA around past the Crystal Palace, by the Treehouse, through Jungle Cruise, around past where the Bridge to Liberty Square is, which obviously used to be much higher to let the boats go through, and then under Cinderella Castle back to Tomorrowland. And it was this wonderfully live-narrated tour. Um, You know, it was not sort of a, a mode of transportation in these little natural gas water propulsion uh, boat system that did not run on a track. Uh, at one point, they were supposed to run on on this electrical guidance system. It never worked. Yes, occasionally the boat, boats would crash here and there, <laughs> but they were all named. Oh, I should make this a trivia question this week, but I won't. The, they were all named after heroines from classic Disney films. Yeah. Tinkerbell, Flora, Fauna, Merryweather, and if you've ever been to uh, Boston Public Gardens, they had swan boats back there in the, in the late 1870s. And believe it or not, Timmy Foster, it yeah. was a D ticket attraction. No way, way, really. I would not wow. ever lie to you. Wow, I would never lie to you. Wow. So you can find photos of these. Um, a lot of the the and Disney Publishing has just released a, a bunch of Disney history books, especially for the 50th, that have some great photos of the Plaza Swan Boats there. I will dispel the myth. There are swan boats on Lake Eola in Orlando. Uh, they are they are not the same ones that were used in. So if you're trying oh. to sort of get a little bit of Walt Disney World history, that is is not it. Uh, they were sold. They were sold to property control. And I know some of them were um, destroyed, et cetera. But it was oh, no. serene. It was charming. It was like the TTA on water which is exactly, I think, why I liked it so much. Oh, now you did it. That's one of the things I never got the chance to experience is my times at Disney did not coincide with when they were running. So, And and the funny thing is I heard about them forever and I knew about them. In my head, they were always little like paddle boat things, you know, not only because they have swan paddle boats or they did over at the Swan and Dolphin. Right. Yep. And I was kind of thought it was like that, but then I saw pictures of, oh my gosh, no, these were these were the, big boats. The only thing that I can maybe compare it to is like the storybook canal boats in Disneyland. But there, yeah. there's a story. There's these little vignettes. There's things you're seeing. This is more of just sort of a guided tour of Magic Kingdom on water. And like the Jungle Cruise, <laughs> but even more so, your tour guide would sort of you know your 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 trip would vary based on who your tour guide was 
Very cool. I miss him. We should bring him back. You should pilot a boat. Could you imagine you piloting a boat? I still think that they're a wonderful. I mean, I think you'd have issues now in terms of of capacity and things like that, which is part of the reason why ah. I think it went away. But yeah. um, it would uh, imagine seeing Magic Kingdom on this slow moving, quaint little themed boat plying those little waterways. I love it. I love it. Now we're back to me now, huh? Let's see. Maybe I should knock these out because I, I had several, but they're boat based attractions, but they're actually very similar as far as the boat itself goes. They are pretty much the same. <clears throat> so I was thinking of Navi River Journey, Grand Fiesta Tour, and even It's a Small World as boat rides. But in, at the end of the day, they're all basically the same kind of boat, more or less. So is it, is it fair to talk about all those together? Did you really just lump three attractions? <laughs> it, yeah. Three attractions in different parks into yep. one answer? Yep. Muscle yep. Thank you. Well, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I had some of those broken out separately. So you had Navi River Journey. It's a small. Well, world. I had I had a bunch of, you know, the water based attractions. Oh, so now you're just lumping anything on water into one. entry. no, 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 my friend. Listen so what is the connective <laughs> tissue between each? The connective tissue was more or less. I could talk about how great the Navi River Journey is, and I love it. And talk, talk about how great it's a small world is and I love it. And even Grand Fiesta Tour, but none of what I talk about other than we're on water and it's cool being in a boat has much to do with, you know, the actual boat and how it works and everything like that. It's about the experience. So I kind of thought it not fair to speak about them separately because it was just kind of the same thing. Like, I love the attraction because we're on a boat and we're floating and that's such a cool thing to do. But that kind of applies to all three of them. Uh, I mean, that's sort of although the Navier journey does have the decor, how it was this designed is really cool how it looks. I mean, that's sort of by definition, Tim, that's what a boat is. It's something that floats on water. So it's all the things we're talking about. And I actually listen, I'm going to give you a point counterpoint. I I completely disagree. (laughs) I think you do a disservice. Good. Good. I think you do a disservice by not talking about them individually. All right, let's talk about them individually. Though. Let's do it. Navi let's River. Start. All right, so good. I'll, I'll find. I'll, I will chime in. And I had right, Navi you River start Journey. With one. Okay, so I had Navi River Journey separate, and I included it on this list. And I know if you're listening and you're rolling your eyes, hear me out. And I have no horse <laughs> in the race, but I but I think that this leisurely cruise, which is exactly what this is supposed to be. Through the gorgeous bioluminescent forests of Pandora earns its place on this list. And you're saying, Lou, I get on this attraction and nothing happens. I don't necessarily (laughs) think that's a bad thing. You can certainly make the argument. I'd like to see more story. There's no real story, you know, first, second, third act uh, that's being told here. But you might not even need it because I think we are meant to sort of craft our own story or maybe, just maybe, enjoy the cruise for what it is. 
So imagine, and I'm sort of thinking about this as as I'm saying it, but if, if we take sort of leisurely cruises through, you know, a rainforest, through, you know, if, you, if you're down here in, in Florida and you go through some of, um, you know, the, you, you take a kayak tour somewhere, you don't necessarily need the story per se. And this is about floating past these exotic, bioluminescent, glowing plants, the Pandoran creatures. You have this musical Navi ceremony coming on, and you do have that climax at the end with the Shaman of Songs, who is, is meant to sort of represent this connection between Pandora and life and energy and positivity and all those things. And I like the fact that it is this slow-moving, accessible, any guest can ride on this attraction. I will say, excuse me, it was originally intended to be much longer. They cut out, from what I understand, they cut out 40 to 50% of the length of the attraction that this was supposed to be. For whatever reason, that may or may not have happened. I wonder how the storytelling element might have changed. I wonder what elements were cut out of this. And this is not the first time we've seen this. Look, Journey to Imagination now, sheds tear, is 40% excuse me, shorter than the original, the best incarnation of that attraction. And the singing shaman at the end, and we can talk about her as just the animatronic herself and, and the technology. But I actually think there is... I think there's reason to ride and to just take in Navi River Journey for what it is. You don't have to look for and try and piece together a story and what you can just be in awe of the the plants, the animals, the music, and that sort of multi-sensory experience that takes place on this lovely leisurely boat ride, the defense rests. Well, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> well, I just. It doesn't mean it's you know the lawyer of me coming out. No, I mean, um, like the, I guess the commonality between these three attractions, like to me, um, they're not the biggest headliners in their respective parks, but for me, they're one of my favorite attractions in each of the parks, each and every one of them. And I love Flight of Passage. Don't get me wrong, but I love Navi River Journey to Death. I could ride that all day long. Same with Small World and same with Grand Fiesta Tour. So um, that's kind of, to me, what those three have in common is that um, they are leisurely boat rides that take you into these very different locations, depending on which attraction we're on. Um, And if a lot of people will overlook them or not give them the love that I think they deserve, but I think all of them are amazing for all the reasons you said with Navi River Journey and um, we've talked about it's a small world over and over and how much I love that. And and even Grand Fiesta Tour, I think one of the most overlooked and why not ride it? Nobody's ever on it. Attractions and all of Epcot and World Showcase, but it's, it's such a delight. But they all have that that tranquil, peaceful boat ride element to them, which you don't get by, yeah, you know, in a do buggy or a dark ride or anything like that. So and that's that's a thread that does tie them all together. And one reason why I do like all of them so much, but. Yeah, I'm with you. 
I'm on your side, kid. We're good. Well, I, but I also, <clears throat> excuse me. And when I said big three earlier, I had Small World as as one of the big three, and, oh, and Navi. Okay. So, and I did not have Navi and Grand Fiesta as the other two, which will sort of help you sort of complete what you think the trifecta is going to be. But it is yeah. not just the happiest cruise that ever sailed. Look, you have to have Small World as its own entry. Um, I think I'm convinced. Look, it's its own entry. Let's talk about it. I felt bad putting. I have. It I have. <laughs> I give you three things. Mary Blair, yes. Richard Sherman, and Robert Sherman. The influence, the it, small world is just such, it's its own thing. Again, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of talking about why small world is so iconic, so <laughs> important, so the history, so the music, so, so, so. But it is, and I think we would be doing the attraction a, a disservice and an insult to the people that that created it by not having it be its own entry. No, absolutely. And I'll say, actually, we got I was just down there and I hadn't been to Disney in a long time, like a lot of us have. Um, I will tell you, they there was a refurbishment that got done Mm -hmm. probably a while ago, but I hadn't seen it. Oh, breathtaking. I was just going through each and every room looking at all the and nothing changed, you know, but Everything's just brighter, more sparkly, cleaner. It's it's so I mean, it was amazing to look at before, but it's just it was just breathtaking now. And, you know, I love I adore Mary Blair. She's my favorite artist of all time. And just being immersed, surrounded by her colors, her designs, her whimsy um, never fails to make me choke up a little bit. And uh, and I always do. And yeah, I'm with you. I love it. Yes. It's own entry. Absolutely. You, I did not yeah. have Grand Fiesta Tour on my list. Well, and I think what's wrong with you? I think it's because I miss <laughs> the and the, the specific section that the the horn and trumpet section of El, the El Rio del Tiempo theme song, which I just love and conjures up such wonderful memories. I think that's probably why. Well, the part I I do really like about Grand Fiesta Tour and and in El Rio del Tiempo. Rio de Tiempo was the is the first part where you're out in the lagoon and you're underneath the pyramid and yeah. underneath the night sky in front of the restaurant. And that's that's unique. Once you get inside, um, I always compare it to it's a small world in terms of, you know, the basic theming and concept, especially that one section where it is very much small world esque. But but that outside area when you're under the period, the pyramid, that is a very unique attraction setting. Um uh, in anywhere and that's every time we think about world showcase we think about our favorite pavilion you know, mexico always comes to mind because just of that atmosphere that's inside that twilight sky and i think and you're right i think i think grand fiesta tour is almost two attractions in one there's mm-hmm. the load area there's going by the san and hell and when you start to get into that first uh the the day of the dead celebration and then when you go sort of into the attraction if Small world, and if you had, if a small world, and if you had wings, went to Mexico and had a baby, that's what that section would be, <laughs> right? With sort of the funny, kitschy types of animations and and vignettes going by, but it is part of the reason why I, I think I love and again have a nostalgic, sentimental connection more so to El Rio than I do Grand Fiesta Tour. Although I am happy to see that the animatronics from the Mickey Mouse Review are there. But oh yeah right yeah 
I, you know, you want to know what else is not on my list? What's not on your list? Living with the huh. land is not on my list. Oh, you know but, what? It's, you know what? It's not on living, mine. I meant, I meant to have it. On living with the land is not on my list, but listen to the land is. Okay, I see what you did. You're, come on, I got the song on my head. I'm not going to sing it as much as I want to. Why is, do you tease us like that? Why <laughs> do you tease us? Like this attraction is more informative than quote unquote entertaining per se, but I love the idea of learning. Like, I love the vignettes. I love that it's ever-changing. I love that it's a real-world attraction. This is almost a tour as much... Again, there is the attraction part at the beginning, and I think the tour part in the second half, from a practical perspective, it's a long attraction. It's almost 20 minutes that normally has no weight. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's real, all of it, the cast members, the experiments, the food that is is used in restaurants. Like you can eat the ride. You can. I mean, lady, don't get off in the middle and try and grab a cucumber. But yeah, I was going to say, Lou, don't uh, you know? There's a holiday overlay. Like I yes, do, I, I miss that too. I love this attraction. I really, really do. I, I always had. I do miss having the live cast member narrator. But that yeah. being said. Uh, and that's why I sort of qualified. Listen to the land we all love. Nature's plan will shine above. Let's listen to. The... God, I want to sing it so bad. But listen, listen to the land is on my list. You know, the only one stopping you is you. I know. Why? Moving on. Okay. <laughs> Anything Wait, else who... on your list? Um. Let you know. Let's see. Well, I'm getting to the big ones. I'm sure this is. So now I'm curious. I guess of your big three, we knocked off one of them already. Correct. One or two. I, I mean, do we want to just sort of put the other two together? Do you do you want to just sort of talk about the 500 pound jungle in the Caribbean and just knock those two out? <laughs> I love how you phrase that. So yes, let's do it. Uh, right, Jungle Cruise <laughs> and and Pirates of the Caribbean. Jungle do, in the Caribbean. They don't need long explanations um i think jungle cruise after that renovation and updated is still classically and wonderfully corny it too has a holiday overlay it has everything like it has everything that the quintessential disney attraction needs to have in it and you know pirates too like if even if you sort of took the attraction attraction vignettes themselves out of the way the boat ride itself is both relaxing and adventurous and scary and so i like that you can experience and enjoy that attraction both for the quote-unquote ride itself as well as the attraction that takes place in the scenes around you and i think for the jungle cruise that you you have the um uh, the liberty square riverboat aside but compared to uh, pretty much every other attraction-based uh, thing that we talked about. That's like a real boat. It's a boat. It's not, you know, it's not uh, like Small World, for example, is a a craft that can be on water with Rose. But the thing I love about the Jungle Cruise is how authentically detailed the boats are. Maybe that's the best way to put it. And it feels like your your pilot is actually piloting piloting the boat around the river. We know better. but 
but you know, just it, it is so cool. They're hard to climb into. They're hard to climb out of, but hey, that's the price we pay for authenticity. But, <laughs> but my favorite boat in Pirates of the Caribbean isn't even the one we're in. That would be the Wicked Wench, of course. Mm-hmm. It's still called that, right? I believe so. Okay. That's my favorite. That's my favorite boat in all of Walt Disney World. But I don't think that quite lived up to your rules. So I kind of had it as an aside. But, but you were able to drop it in. So, But I dropped it in anyway, because I know you're going to say it anyway. So, so I do have a couple more on my list. And they're all, they're unique entries. Because I think one is, is specifically an attraction. One is a quote-unquote attraction, and one is a create-your-own-adventure. Huh. I will start with the quote-unquote attraction, and in Walt Disney World, specifically Walt Disney World, it is the only place in the entire world that you can experience this. Not in Disneyland, not in an overseas Disney park, anywhere. Because the only place that you can get a guided tour in a vintage Amphicar is at the <laughs> Boathouse in Disney Springs. I was waiting for you to do that. Hypothetically speaking, Tim, if we were yes. to go have a leisurely brunch, which is delicious on weekends, or lunch or dinner, we can hop into one of these very rare cars that drives on land and then splashes into the water for a 25, 30 minute or so guided tour of some of the landmarks of Disney Springs. This is not just meant to sort of me, you know, sort of trying to to weasel in the boathouse because I love it so much there, but I love the story and and the unique features of this, right? There were about 4,000 of these amphicars, these, these amphibious vehicles that were produced during the 1960s. Less than 400 exist today around the world. Steve Shussler, creator of Boathouse and Yak and Yeti and Rainforest Cafe, owns a large number of them, had them completely refurbished and brought them to the Boathouse in Disney Springs. You can take a tour, if the weather's fine, uh, just by walking. You don't have to even eat at the Boathouse. You could just walk into the Boathouse Boutique, which is the, the Boutique, which is the store, and it's, I believe, it's $125 per car that you can fit three, eh, maybe four people in there. But once again, it's fun. It's funny. It's unique. It, there's great photo opportunities. They have a photographer who takes pictures of you um, from the dock and and even outside by the by the dockside bar as as you as you come back in. It is. I mean, you can see the people sort of gather around to take a look. I've done it a, a number of times. It is a lot of fun. And again, if you are a, a boat person, it, it, it is truly a, a unique experience. I will, as a quick codicil, say they used to have the Venezia, the Italian water taxi, this beautiful mahogany uh, 18-foot water taxi that unfortunately isn't there anymore. But the Amphicars are, and they are a lot of fun. Really cool thing to do, like, for a special occasion or something like that, too. I can't wait for you to take me. I will. My, I swear. We'll, we'll go to uh-huh. Boathouse, and I will take you on an Amphicar. Excellent. Excellent. What was your other one? I had a couple that I just thought of 
and I didn't think of them right away. All right, so I'll quickly I'll give you the last. But two I don't know on if they count. List. I'll give you all the last two on my list, and then we. They're can... probably the two I have on my list here. So I will go. go I, I will. I will go to the choose your own adventure. Hmm. Because, and this is one of the things, Tim. I wish not just in Walt Disney World, but I wish just in general, I could do more. Because look. I'm not an athlete. I don't have zero athletic ability. I don't, you know, I don't run. I don't do. But one of the things I, I like to do on occasion is I, I love being able to get into a kayak and just mm-hmm. go out. I've done it in Aulani. I've done it. So the kayaks and canoes in Fort Wilderness. Now, remember, I said boat rides, not boat based attractions. So this fits. That's right. That's Whether right. it's a kayak or a canoe and and. They're technically not the same thing. The canoes are a little bit more open. They use a single paddle. A kayak has a closed cockpit and has a double paddle. But you can, whether individually or as a family, you can rent a kayak or a canoe and go on your own little adventure on these wonderfully gorgeous streams and scenic ponds and these tranquil waters by Fort Wilderness. It is so nice you can go you go over to Fort Wilderness to the um by the Meadow Recreation Area. I think it's still like twelve, thirteen dollars an hour. So bang for your buck. A lot of fun. They'll show you how to use it. Obviously, everybody gets life jackets and all those things. It is such a nice experience that again, you can do individually, you can do with your that special person in your life, your mom and dad, your kids, your friends, whatever it might be. And it really, look, Walt Disney World has been since day one meant to be the vacation kingdom of the world, which is why they have experiences like these that I think are are often very, very much overlooked by not just the everyday guests, but even longtime Walt Disney World annual pass holders. Another thing I haven't done, which I can't wait for you to take me out. I promise you, next time we have a lot of... And you know oh, what we're else gonna we're, do? Do you know what else yeah. we're possibly not gonna be able to do next time you come down? Is what? the last thing on my list. Uh oh. It's it's you're not gonna be able to do it, yet you can do it on you maybe you can do it. Because mm. I think this attraction has to be on the list because it combines all of its multiple attractions in one. It combines indoor dark ride elements with outdoor thrills, with a leisurely boat ride, with music, with characters, with absolute first, second, third act story. I am, of course, talking about Splash Mountain. There you go. Which that's that's one I currently is Splash Mountain. Look, it's going to be rethemed to Princess and the Frog. Which I I actually love. I love the movie. I love the music. I love the characters. Change is not bad. Change is often good. I think this is going to be one of those cases, even though I do love the music and the story and, and so much of, of Splash Mountain and, and what came from Song of the South. But I think because it sort of is, you could make an argument that because of the elements that it combines splash mountain is the perfect attraction yep dark ride thrill ride inside 
outside. It's it's multiple attraction experiences in one. Let lest we forget that fifty foot drop, right? Like there's a thrill aspect to that as well. But then you come back up again and you go into that very sort of serene, you know, that 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 outdoor scene before you go inside for the grand finale. There's a lot, lot, lot to love about Splash Mountain. I think whatever, excuse me, the theme or your favorite theme is going to be, but the design of what that attraction is, is possibly practically perfect in every way. Oh, I loved, I was able to loop that so many times during, oh, the extra magic hours of old, back when it was $12. Oh, I love that. But I used to be able to loop it and I would because you're right, it had everything. And I actually loved the dark ride portion of it more than anything. But um, it was nice, too, because you could sit towards the back and not get so wet. So you could ride it over and over again until they decided that wasn't the way it should be. So they deliberately put water jets that fired cannons of water on you right away. So that kind of, for me, took away the rideability when it's evening and it's, you know, 60 degrees out. But. But I'm with you. I love that. That is one of my favorite attractions of all time. And I I had one more on my list that came to mind. And this might stretch the definition of a boat, but I think you already stretched the definition of a boat with the logs in Splash Mountain. So I will see your rafts to Tom Sawyer Island and give you the rafts of Cali River Rapids. It was on my honorable mention list. Ah, there you go. See? Why? So why is it on there? <clears throat> it's a it's it's something on water. And in my definition of what a boat is, that qualifies. <laughs> but what actually one of the things that's really cool about it is pretty much <clears throat> unlike um, at least attraction wise, anything else we put on this list. Totally chaotic. You have no idea which way you're going to turn, which way you're going to go. You're not on a track. You're not on a predetermined omni mover. Omni mover. You're going to face this direction, that direction. And <clears throat> I still remember vividly the first one times I went on. We got to loop it immediately because there was no one there. The first time I went through, eh, dry as a boat. What's the problem? The second time, hit that wave, turned around like a swimming pool was dumped on my head. So that's one of the cool things I love about it: the randomness and the chaoticness of it. You never know quite what ride experience you're going to get in the end as far as how how drenched you will or will not get and the ride itself is just spectacular of course too with so many different elements to it so i think the thematic elements taking the the water flume aspect out of it if you can almost walk the track right take a slow boat ride through it's a beautiful attraction with a very important message right Mm -hmm. of conservation too which is why I had it on my honorable mention list. Anything else on yours before I hit my last couple? That's it. Let's hear. So going back to our discussion of the, um, the, the ferry boats, I also had the friendship boats on there. Um, I, I like the, the, the friendship boats in between the Epcot resort areas and the yacht and beach club and Hollywood studios. Um, I also had, Let's go back in time. I had the Discovery River Boats, mm. mm-hmm. which is not really on my list, but it's sort of on my list. It's on there because 
And if you go back to show 604, we talk about things you can't believe ever happened in Walt Disney World. The Discovery Riverboats were not necessarily a guest favorite or a quote-unquote success per se because it never figured out what it wanted to be. But once again, think about the TTA on water in Animal Kingdom. Imagine traversing the waterways of, of all of Disney's Animal Kingdom getting a unique perspective of the attractions, the trees, the lands, the foliage. I think if they were able to relaunch that, I even think with a smaller boat, with a live narrator, um, almost think something like Kilimanjaro Safari, but maybe even if it was something more intimate where people could ask questions, almost like a guided tour, the views from Discovery Riverboats is what necessitated it being on this island. Not the radio Disney river cruise thing, whatever <laughs> that was supposed to be. Now we see those boats, you know, carrying uh, um, characters. But I think for guests, we've, we've lost out on, on that, at least for now, that opportunity. If you want to do something super cool, one of those once in a lifetime things the grant I'm not doing you this with you, Tim, but the grand one is oh, a come on. <laughs> listen, man, it's four hundred dollars an hour. Um <laughs> www.radionation.com. Grand one I, I know is, my price now to you. Right, you. Is a captained yacht. Um we, you can fit, I think, almost twenty guests on there. I think it's less. It's like it's like nineteen guests, but eighteen because if you want the butler service. They can they can bring on a butler coup too, but they have nighttime cruises with fireworks viewings and they pipe in the music and they'll do food. They'll do desserts. They'll do champagne. They'll do strawberries. But again, everything comes at a price and a premium. You can do a fire or regular fireworks cruise up to 10 people. This is a lot of fun. We should get a bunch of people together and do this. If only All there right. was somebody, anybody, you can do one of the, the 25 <laughs> foot pontoon boats that I believe seats 10 guests and mm -hmm. for a fireworks cruise, I think it's this, it's, I think it's three 99 for the fireworks cruise. Same thing with snacks and beverages. But if you split that up among 10 people, it, it's not, not bad. that bad. And it's a really nice way to be on the waters of seven seas lagoon, see magic kingdom and the resorts and a very, very try and do it on a night when they've got the 360 degree fireworks going. So Ooh. during one of the parties or special events, if they have the, the full circle of fireworks. And then the last one on my list, which deserves an honorable mention is the, well, wait, I take that back. Last two things are the Bob around boats. Remember the Bob? You don't remember the Bob around boats. I don't remember. So the Bob around boats were these, um, small round boats that were very strange. They almost looked like if you chopped the top of a barrel off and then put a red and white striped canopy on it and threw it in the water, that's what the Bob around boat was. Um, they were only there for not a lot of time. And they were, you could fit four people in there and they were these sort of battery powered boats that you could take out on um i think you take it from both the polynesian and the contemporary and it had this little motor in the back and 
it was just you. Like there was no captain. You were the actual captain. But <laughs> going right. back in time again, Walt Disney World, Vacation Kingdom of the World, not to sort of go. But it's one of the things I love is is the ability to rent your own watercraft. I've done fishing on Bay Lake. Renting a water mouse is so much fun. Like these are boat rides that are your own attractions. And whether you want to do a pontoon boat excursion, a single or two person water mouse on Bay Lake or Seven Seas Lagoon, they used to, I don't think they have the sailboats anymore. For a number of years, they had sailboats that you could take out. I know from the Polynesian, I think from the contemporary as well. Uh, they were these little sunfishes. Uh, I think they also still have pedal boats. Uh, quick history lesson. For a number of years, yes. boating was one of the most, like, I don't want to say important, but one of the most sort of, focused activities at the resorts in Walt Disney World. Again, it's the vacation kingdom. There's only one park in the 70s leading up to 82. So what else did you do for the five to seven days? You spent a lot of time at your resort and boating was one of the ways to do it. So they had Hobie cats. They had sunfishes. They had things called aqua larks and aqua cats and, and little Capri boats the bob around boats, the pedal boats. They had a, a float boat, which was sort of like a pontoon boat that had an operator. They had an outrigger excursion that would come out from, so think like the Y5O, right? Like an outrigger from the Polynesian. All of these are not necessarily here anymore and things are still sort of being rolled out in, a, in the coming out of post-COVID world. But I want to sort of, lump all of these in together i mentioned the kayaks and the canoes but there's a number of different motorized watercraft and and sailing watercraft that you could and still can take from a lot of the resorts especially the ones um in in the magic kingdom loop uh, there used to be a boat called breathless named after oh yeah yeah remember breathless mahoney uh that used to leave <laughs> yeah. from the yacht and beach club marina which was amazing it was this super fast captained mahogany boat that i think would seat four to five people a friend of mine captain mike used to take me out all the time unfortunately it was damaged beyond repair and, and breathless never came back but but boating has it's changed over time but there are still some great boating opportunities and we're going to talk about boat rides i really feel i'd be remiss if i didn't sort of mention the different boat rides it started off with bob around for me and, and i sort of lumped <laughs> them all in there and the very last thing is a trip back in time as long as long as we're talking about extinct boat rides of walt disney world i want you to go to wdwradio.com slash eastern winds w-i-n-d-s mm. Eastern Winds was the name of this Chinese junk, like an authentic Chinese junk ship that used to leave from the Polynesian village from opening day until probably 77, 78. And when I say authentic Chinese junk, it was a 65-foot junk that was a floating cocktail lounge. Wow. And you could charter it. It had a crew and a deckhand. It had a galley and a full wet bar as well. Um, I, I won't spoil because it's, it's actually a fascinating story about 
the ship, how it came here, what famous NFL quarterback ended up buying it after it left Walt Disney World. And if you remember some old videos of Walt Disney World, you'll actually, and there's a photo in, in the article, you'll see where the Eastern Winds was actually used as a prop for some of those old videos as well. I never got a chance to ride on it, or actually, I don't remember even seeing it for myself in person, but we're talking about top 10 boat rides. If I could go back in time, I would love, love, love to to charter and go out on the Eastern Winds. Love it. So, Davy Crockett Explorer Canoes, where are you now? I was kind of waiting for you to throw that in there. but The Mike Fink Keelboats. Keelboats. Ah, right. There's a, see, that's what I mean. You, if you say top 10 boat rides, I think you're Tim and you, yep. our friend who's listening along with us, you're probably your mind, I think, went to, well, top 10 boat rides. It's got to be pirates, right? It's got to be jungle cruise. It's got to be. And I think we forget just what a vast variety of watercraft there are and and boat based attractions, including some that we didn't touch on. Right, we haven't mentioned Ooh. everything, um, but I want to know what is your number one boat ride in Walt Disney World? I, like, if I could snap my fingers and you and I go skipping through the park to one boat ride, <clears throat> what is the boat ride we take and why? You can let me know. I'm going to post this question in the WW Radio group on Facebook in the Clubhouse. If you go to wwradio.com slash clubhouse you can find it there come be part of the community and conversation you can call the voicemail i'll I'll play it on the air tell me what your favorite boat ride is and why or even if you're in oh my god even better if you're in walt disney world call me from your favorite boat ride at 407-900-9391 and then when you're done with all that you need to go to celebrationspress.com because i have a feeling that timmy foster (laughs) is going to tell me some of the amazing things that are happening there in a very short, abbreviated way. <laughs> in a very short way. Well, the winter issue is mailing as we speak. Winter with is coming. Winter is coming. But the big news, the big news, the second second printing of our new book, The 50, 50 Years of Walt Disney World Magic, is underway. It's here soon. It's the biggest book we ever made. It goes through year by year of the entire history of Walt Disney World. Every attraction, every resort, every land, the dates and fun facts and pictures. It was so much fun to put together. And as I said, the second printing will be here very soon. And we have a pin to go with and a free pin with every book purchase. So we're very excited about that. And I'm not saying it just because you're here, but you were kind enough to send me a copy of both. The book is gorgeous. As with everything you've always done, Tim, the the quality and the love and the care that you put into it, um, it it deserves a place on on your shelf and it deserves a place on your coffee table as well because it is is gorgeous and very much lives up to the Disney name that you put on it. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. And with that, uh, another top 10-ish has come and gone. If you have an idea for a top 10 that you'd like us to cover maybe even a top 10 that you could be a part of you can email me lou at www.radio.com or post it in the um, in the community and tim if you were in walt disney world right now i said little timmy foster i will take you on one what is your number one favorite boat ride 
It's a small world. Hands down. What is your favorite scene? I know this one already. Oh, give it besides to me. the besides the final room. Give me the little give, give me the little French candy. Oh, Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history, or just see how well you pay attention to the details of what you see, hear, remember, or even taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package, and this week's trivia contest is once again brought to you by you, and I mean that because as part of the WW Radio Nation, you literally help bring every single episode of WW Radio to life. Every live broadcast from the parks, the contests, the giveaways, they are all thanks to, for, by, and because of you. You can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar per month and get cool exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, trivia quests. We do group video calls. We have a private Facebook group, stickers, shirts, monthly care packages, early access to special events, and much more. You can find out how you can help the show by going to www.radio.com slash support. Now, before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. Last week, we journeyed back into time to the Lake Buena Vista Shopping Village, where Disney Springs currently sits, when it opened back in 1975. And I went specifically to one of my dad's favorite places because he loved oysters, which was also part of its name. And I want you to tell me what was the name of the Oyster Bar in the Lake Buena Vista Shopping Village when it opened back in 1975. Thanks to so many of you who entered, got this one correct, and not only shared your answer, but some memories you had of Captain Jack's Oyster Bar. And if you remember, back at the old downtown Disney marketplace, Lake Buena Vista Village, there was a lounge that was a a really popular place, especially in the evenings, to get some seafood they had an oyster raw bar and it was originally known as captain jack's oyster bar it eventually became captain jack's restaurant in february of 2000 and closed for good in august of 2013 and no it was not named after captain jack sparrow but instead it was named after disney legend jack olson who was vice president of charge of disney merchandise And the name of Captain Jack's still lives on at Captain Jack's Margarita Bar, which is dockside across from World of Disney. And if you want to know where, sort of in Disney Springs, Captain Jack's used to be, it was completely demolished. But if you look at the walkway in between Paddlefish and Aristocrapes and Rainforest Cafe, Captain Jack's existed approximately in that same region. That's more information than you bargained for, but I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one. Remember last week, you were playing for a very special prize package that includes the delicious Disney Walt Disney World, recipes and stories from the most magical place on earth, the brand new book by Pam Brandon and Marcy Character Smothers, signed by both, as well as also signed by Chef Art Smith. I'm also going to give you a homecoming gift bag and a little special bonus prize. And last week's winner, randomly selected is... Mariah Hasseldalen. So, Mariah, congratulations. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. 
So I just finished Destination D23 at Disney's Contemporary Resort this past weekend. An amazing D23 event. If you've never been before, you've got to come next time it comes back to Walt Disney World. And inspired by that event and some of the discussions about the music of Walt Disney World, your question this week is to tell me, when Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress came to Walt Disney World in 1975, what was the attraction's theme song? It's actually one of my favorites. You have until Sunday, November 28th, Happy Thanksgiving, at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there, and this week you're once again going to play for the WW Radio pin, keychain, and bonus mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Please don't forget to not only let me know your favorite boat ride in Walt Disney World, but more importantly, be part of the community and conversation by joining the WW Radio Clubhouse. That is our group over on Facebook at www.radio.com clubhouse. I'd also love to connect with you on social. I'm at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You can email me, lou at www.radio.com with a question you'd like me to answer on an upcoming show or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1 with a question, a comment, or a hello from the parks. Also be sure and check out not just the podcast, but the blog and so much else we have going on over on the www.radio.com website. If you are a member of the WW Radio Nation, thank you so much. I want to thank some new and longtime members like Maggie Fagan-Haggard, Steve DeBruin, John Rowe, Tater Robinson, and Caleb Joshua Hill. I am so grateful to you and for you and for your love and friendship and support and help. I love being able to give back to you each and every month. If you want to find out how you can be part of the nation and help the show for as little as a dollar a month, visit www.radio.com support. Please don't forget to join me this and every Wednesday night for WW Radio Live. It's our live weekly video broadcast and chat over on Facebook. Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.radiolive.com. I'll be either out in the parks or we'll chat about this week's Disney news, the podcast, my top five live, Disney Plus pick of the week, movie reviews, and so much more. And speaking of movies and Disney Plus, please be sure and join, if you like spoilers, to come over to our spoiler support group at www.radio.com spoilers and to find out about our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World and upcoming WW Radio group cruises, Marathon Weekend Event, the House of Mouse Expo coming up this weekend and more. Visit our events page at www.radio.com slash events or be sure you like the WW Radio page on Facebook and click on the events page there for an upcoming calendar. We actually have four cruises coming up. Three next year, our Marvel Day at Sea from Miami in February, our inaugural cruise on the Disney Wish in June, our Very Merry Time cruise on the Wish on December 5th, and our eight-night Disney Fantasy Overnight in Bermuda in April of 2023, visit www.radio.com slash cruise to find out more and get a free no obligation quote from our friends over at Mouse Fan Travel. Please visit loumangelo.com to find out how I can help you turn what you love into what you do or to come to speak at your school, your conference or event and wherever your travels may take you next, whether it is a Disney destination or anywhere on this big, beautiful planet of ours, please visit my friends, my partners over at mousefantravel.com for a free, no-obligation quote, the best possible prices, all available discounts, all at no cost to you. 
with an incredible level of personal service, which is their hallmark. And finally, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. You can do that by posting a link to this or your favorite episode on any or all of your social accounts. Tag me at Lou Mangello so I'm sure that I'm, I can see it. And please, if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over an Apple podcast. It is very, very helpful. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Jaralita, who says, I found the show just a few months ago. I'm listening every week. It's quickly become a part of my routine. Lose knowledge of Disney, positive outlook, and inspirational message are refreshing and entertaining. The best out there. And G Jack 33 said, Lou does a great job with every aspect of Disney and other Disney parks. As someone who doesn't get to the parks often, Lou makes me feel like I'm there with the podcast. It gives me a huge understanding on different Disney things that I never would have known. A plus 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 podcast from Lou. Thank you both so very much. Again, just search for WW Radio in, in Apple Podcasts or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes for a direct link and instructions. Finally, thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope that you enjoyed this week's show, past episodes, the live broadcast, the social posts, and everything going on at www.radio.com. I hope that this and those make your day happier, inspire you to be better, and to choose the good and find the good in everything and everyone that you encounter, and to be the good by helping to spread positivity to others. Thank you to everyone I had a chance to meet at this past weekend's Destination D. I look forward to meeting you hopefully this week at the House of Mouse Expo and connecting with you online and on Wednesday night during the live show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love and appreciate you so very much. So until next time, I hope that this is your best week ever. I love you. I mean it. See ya. Hi, Lou. This is Alexis Gill from Ocala, Florida. I was giving you a call uh, this Saturday morning. Just got done running five miles of training for the WDW Half Marathon coming up in January. And I just want to let you know, you got me through it. Um, I don't know if I run to eat, but it definitely helped out this time. Just finished the episode 657 over Delicious Disney and truly enjoyed it. Can't wait to order the book. I'm uh, going to walk in my house right now and probably put an order in on Shop Disney. Uh, but I just wanted to share that I truly love dining at Disney. Um, to your point and to your guest point, the dining experience there is something that cannot be matched and share one of my favorite experiences. It happened about five years ago, um, me and my mom took a mother-daughter trip. Uh, it was actually my first Walt Disney World um, half marathon. I ran the wine and dine um, in November whenever it was a night run. And we went to the parks the day before, which would not suggest to any future runners out there, rest the, the day before. Um, but we went and we went to the Magic Kingdom, and it was just when Be Our Guest restaurant had opened up. We ate there for lunch. And... I don't necessarily have a favorite dish to share, but I cannot express how wonderful the experience was. Um, you get emotional while talking on the show, and I get emotional talking about this experience. Beauty and the Beast was my absolute favorite movie uh, growing up as a kid. I think I, I ran the VHS uh, to death, basically. It would not rewind anymore, but I remember walking into that um, castle of a restaurant and and I turned to my mom and I said, it's real, it's real. And uh, it was just 
an amazing experience. I think that's what Disney does for all of us and uh, for everyone that truly, you know, loves that incredible experience. I'm right there with you. And I just want to thank you for your show. It's been an amazing, you know, boost of energy throughout all of the lockdown and um, throughout the years. So I hope to be seeing you soon. Um, I love your message. Cheers, we get everybody. Have a great week. Hello, Lou Mangiello. It's Darlene Nagy, formerly of West Seneca, New York. And I'm calling in with the countdown for the Disney Day at the WDW Radio Marvel Cruise that we're going to be going on in now 83 days. I hope you all have a magical, wonderful holiday season. And thank you to all the Disney Marathon half marathon runners this past weekend. I did do the 5K and I made it through it. Next up, we have Space Coast in like two weeks. So have a great, good race then, too. Stay positive and move forward. See you real soon.